the Black Swan Media Studios, deep inside a secret underground bunker. We're speaking to freedom-loving patriots from all around the country and the world. Welcome to the Resistance. This is John Crump, live. It is definitely, definitely John Crump, live. My name is John Crump, and I am your host for the evening. Today, we're going to be talking to one of our favorite, I don't want to call her a politician because I honestly don't think that she's a politician. I think she is more of a woman of the people, people of the people. And yeah, this shirt you can get on Black Swan Tactical. It's the Gorillas and Guns shirt. Gorillas and Guns is really cool. We have New Zealand's in the house again. I don't think New Zealand's here. That was interesting. But yes. So let's go and bring on Rich, my co-host, Alan Alan Powell. The two intros is one's a video intro, and the second one is for my podcast, the audio only. But, you know, we run two intros because the audio only gets Uh, a different intro. Audio only people don't get to see my 50 cal in the background. Nope. They do not get to see your 50 cal. We are on the Firearms Radio Network. So if you want to listen to us, go Firearms Radio Network. Or you can find John Crump Live on your favorite podcasting platforms. And sorry, I'm a little bit late. I'm working on a, uh, I would say, I would say a story that, a, a story that is, uh, insane like like i'm talking about like groundbreaking i don't know if i'm going to be the first one to break it but i have i have a lot of information that a lot of people don't and i think i might have found the reason and i am just i i think i'm on the right track of finding the story behind the story. So people might report the story, but I don't think they're going to report the story behind the story, which is the big story. Hmm. Is it something I know? I can't spill the bean, Alan. It's not ready yet. It's still cooking. I'm not asking you to spill the beans. I'm just wondering if it's a story. No, I'm talking about Alan. You know, I told you to look into it. Okay. But then I got assigned to look into it and um, Mm -hmm. I started digging and the rabbit hole goes deep. Hmm. Okay. Very deep. So it's going to probably change the firearms world landscape. Put it that way. Hmm. All right. With all that said, <laughs> let's bring on Melissa Martz, who's been waiting patiently behind the scenes. Rich crashed his own sub count. <laughs> Yeah, we Ouch. we kind of figured out what that was, and we've been trying. To, oh, oh, oh! Hold on, we got a celebrity, Eli EDC. Eli, when you want to come on the show, let me know. I would love to get you on the show. I saw that Eli Eli has some co-defendants now. Yeah, let, let Melissa know who Eli is. Eli is the one of the lead plaintiffs um, in the 
case in North Dakota challenging the ATF new rule on uh, frames, frames and, and receivers. receivers. That was joined by 17 attorney generals, 17 states. 17 states are now plaintiffs besides Eli. So Eli's name went out. Eli's name is out on Fox News and everywhere else. And Eli, when I when when we talked, I, when I, same with the uh, same with uh, same with the gun company up there, I said, "Hey, just to let you know, you might get a lot of press. So Eli, you need to come on the show. You can bring Stephen with you or Rob, but Rob's not gonna come on." Anyhow, we didn't properly so, introduce every, Alyssa Mart. On a first, everyone, Hopefully. everyone, say hi to Eli out there and say thank you to Eli. And <laughs> now, Eli. hi, and, and thank now, you, Eli. And now, <laughs> and, um, also, I have to say, I love you too, Dark. But mostly, what I love is what I've heard about your followers, uh, and that that we have many more patriots than we realize out there, even more than Eli, God bless his soul for, for standing up in the public eye like that for what's right. Yeah. Dark once told me, he's like, uh, if I wasn't married, I would look for a woman like, like Melissa. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like, if I was a man, I wouldn't marry me. I would want somebody a little stupider. <laughs> it's like a trade off, you know? <laughs> I, I would want somebody that was just a little more dumbed down, I think, as a woman, but but I'll take the comment. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how are you doing in Florida? How's uh, how's the uh, battle going? Uh, well, well, well. I mean, um, I'm an eternal optimist. I only know to be that way. So, from my perspective, I don't know if I'm the best person to ask, but from my perspective, um, I'm I see that. Our army is strong. We have a lot of uh, patriots in this district, a lot of people that are, you know, walking into their sovereignty and taking back um, their thought process. Instead of kind of just phoning it in for elections, people are starting to actually vet candidates. So from that perspective, especially as a grassroots candidate, um, things are going very well. Um, on the other side of that coin, there is still an immense amount of pushback from the Republican establishment. Um, and an immense amount of censorship. I also do have a, a little story that I will share if if you would like me to share. I think um, sure. I shared in part about the we've got a new we've got a new person running in the race. Yeah, um, yeah, I heard something about this. Why don't you tell everyone? Yeah, sure, I will because I haven't um, spoken too much about about it publicly, but I do think it's important that people know to understand kind of. Um, what what you were saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought maybe, you know, you're, how deep does the rabbit hole go? I thought maybe you have some new information about Joe Biden's cancer. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, um, no, no. <laughs> like it really was from the oil. Um, but, um, you know, how deep does this rabbit hole go? I mean, this has been an education. My running for a year and a half for me has been an education it, that the corruption is much deeper, much more multi-layered. I say all of my heroes have fallen. I don't think I have one hero left um, in the game. But um, so what happened uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was sat down by a gentleman that was running for Congress for U.S. Congress in, in a neighboring district. And I don't know how long he was running in that district. My guess is six months to a year, he had been running in this district for U.S. Congress. So I, I knew him just superficially from, um, you know, seeing him at political events. 
And he invited me to a meeting, which I thought was going to be about election integrity. But when I got there, it was him and three other men. So about four men, mostly in suits that sat me down and um, told me that he had been given money by a group of Republicans to come into the race that I'm running. And they were there to ask me to back out and to publicly endorse him. And then if I did this, they would offer me a position on his team um, if he got into DC. So I, uh, very diplomatic terms, told, told them absolutely not. Um, I've been running in this district for well over a year, uh, making relationships in this district with people that worked very hard to get me on their ballot. We didn't get on the ballot with $10,000. I, I um, raised over 2,600 signatures, and that was with the help of a lot of patriots in the district. So there's a lot of people that are expecting and are wanting my name on their ballot. It would be in my opinion, unethical for me to just back out a couple of months before the election because somebody gave this guy a bunch of money, uh, which is the second reason I said no. Because as it stands now, most of our politicians, the people that are supposed to represent us, they're bought and paid for. They are not chosen by the people. They are chosen uh, with money. And I would want nothing to do with somebody's money choosing our representation for us. So um, I, of course, declined and wished him well. <laughs> um, and also, you know, as I was sitting there for, I don't know, about an hour, one by one, they each took their turn trying to convince me why I had no chance and how I should drop out. Um, and I looked at them and I said, you know, if everything you say is true and I really have no chance, then there was really no point in meeting with me here today. You, you don't need to ask me to back out. You know, you will do fine. So um, that was, was <clears throat> I wish I could say surprising. I, I tend not to be surprised anymore about uh, the lack of character and integrity out there in the world. <laughs> but um, wow. yeah, very, very eye opening, you know, that this is what goes on in races. Yeah. Um... I was dealing with a political candidate and had a pretty big check and I was asking for them to go on record for uh, guns. And I said, we're willing to get behind you, push you, you know, fund your campaign, pick commercials on whatever, but we need to have you um, publicly state this is what you're going to do. And their answer was, well, we'll tell you behind the scenes that's what we're going to do. We can make agreements, but we're not going to – we don't want to go public. But if you do give us your money and your support, we'll promise you behind the scenes that we will do this. And uh, my answer was uh, no. Yeah, well, so, I mean, that's why I haven't taken any – on purpose, I haven't gone after or taken any – PAC money, special interest group money. Like when I say that I stand for our second amendment and our constitution, if people look at my FEC reporting, um, that's coming from me. That's, you know, that's my character. That's what I stand for. I'm not uh, bought and paid for in, in any direction. And that was really important to me, that integrity and being, being part of the change that we want to see in this system was really, really important to me. And to have that come in, you know, a couple of months before election day, it, you know, it's just um, kind of for me, it fueled the fire. I just it, it drove home for me why we have to win, why we have to try even harder, because uh, everywhere you turn and this person really believed they were doing as far as I could tell, uh, seemed to think they were doing the right thing. You know, but this I say if you compromise on the uh, at this stage in the game, you're going to compromise when you get in, because if uh -huh. you take money now, when you get in, you'll take the money for something else. You know, that's just the way that right. it is. 
that's the person's character. So, and the other piece that I found interesting, I, I still don't know who it, it is that allegedly gave them this money, but they said that part of the, um, part of the attachment to this money is that it, when he gets in or if he gets in, he's supposed to hire a team made up of um, people that, that were in the military. So, you know, you're given a budget as a, as a Congress uh, person to have to staff and whoever he hires is supposed to be have a military background, which I found a little concerning, maybe why these people, why would they want to have military power up, up there in Congress as, as staff members? So it was all it was all very concerning. <laughs> but and that's why I think the American people should know. Yes, I definitely do. Uh, I just posted on my uh, news channel about this. So I do have the picture, but I'm waiting a little bit until we get a little bit more people in here. Um, so the district, they got redrawn, right? So what what district are you running for? So um, now the, the new number is 21. So now I'm running in what is new District 21. It used to be called District 18. Um, boundary lines changed all, all over Florida. We, we had new districting, but District 18 didn't really change that much. Um, okay. The south part of the district, the boundary line for the south part dropped a little bit in some places, but for the most part, if you were in 18 uh, initially, you're also in, in 21. I mean, people can look up the map. It's kind of difficult to follow, but if you were in 18, you're, you're likely still in 21. And you're running against... Sorry, you're I'm running, sorry, John. You're running against Brian Mast, right? In the Republican yes, primary. Yes, I'm running for the American people. I am running a primary um, against Brian Mast, who I know you are well aware has uh, not been strong on the Second Amendment. The opposite of that actually has come after our Second Amendment and uh, has written an opinion piece in the New York Times stating that none of us should be allowed to own an AR-15. So, you know, if people don't want a federal ban of the AR-15 or somebody that leans that way to, to try to infringe on our Second Amendment right, then we need to vote differently. And that's just, you know, the end of the story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I just wanted to get that out there, who you're running against. And I was going to highlight uh, the, the the piece in the New York Times, but you already took care of that for me. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Thunder, I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, uh, I, Brian asked is enemy of gun owners. I have the and, PDF on my website. So sometimes when people go to look for the article, it'll, it'll, there'll be like a pop-up that you need to pay for something. But I have the PDF version of, this is his opinion piece. These are his words. It's a page and a half. Um, I have it on my website for those that want to fact check. We absolutely should be fact checking. I say, don't take my word for it. Do your own vetting, your own fact checking. But I've made it a little easier where I do have the information along with some other interesting things <laughs> right there on my website for everyone to look at. That was actually not the most egregious thing I think he's done in my uh, personal opinion, but it's, it's up there. It's one of the reasons I chose to run in this district. Yeah. And you've taken a lot of uh, kickback for your pro gun stance, correct? Uh, yes, there has been immense amount of support uh, specifically for an ad that I've put up uh, again from the people from the Patriots. And then um, there has been pushback mostly from the media and, and really um, very, the, I would say the extreme left, our extreme left leaning folks. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there definitely has been some pushback on that. And it's really sad uh, to be honest. It's quite sad because if you look at the photo and you read what it says, um, it's yeah, a- I'm, I'm, I'm gonna bring it up. In the photo. And yet when people look at it, 
that are extremely brainwashed or have fallen prey to the propaganda around the conversation about firearms, um, around that conversation, they just see somebody that wants to hurt children. And it's uh, very, very concerning. Yeah, very concerning how deep that that brainwashing goes. Yeah, yeah and right here. In one, a, a firearm makes a woman equal. And I, I mean, I know you're you're not a large, muscular person. You're you're quite the opposite. And and a firearm makes everybody equal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have so I actually have drawn my firearm as a single mother to protect my 10 month old baby in my home. Um, so that's God another, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I won't, I don't know if I shared that story the last time I was on or not, but, um, the photo, that's the other kind of attack that people want to say like, Oh, it's just, it's, it's just propaganda or what? No, I actually lived that. I actually, it was, it was, um, a smaller firearm. I didn't pull the AR 15. That is my AR 15, which I, I don't shoot. I, I, we have plenty of firearms when the apocalypse comes, my husband will be shooting the AR-15, but it is my AR-15. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a smaller firearm that I that I held to protect my 10-month-old baby, but that is a scenario that I actually lived. However, that's not even what our Second Amendment right is for. It really has everything to do with having the same weaponry as our government in case we need to overthrow our government, which is how our entire country was started. You just can't get away from the history and the intent behind that Second Amendment. So it's just, again, really has been eye-opening. I hope that this photo has started the conversation, which I think it has. I mean, you can see in that picture, there's, it's, I say it's like a live uh, Facebook feed, an in-person Facebook feed. The person that's written on the sign is bringing attention to school shootings. And then somebody's added their own sign, bringing, bringing attention to hard facts about how, you know, when we have armed guards, everybody's safer and we have less gun deaths. Uh, so, um, can I point I out one thing? Hmm? Can I point out one thing? Of course. Uh, this, the rare site is on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're not the only one who's, who's pointed out a, a few different things about how I wasn't doing this, that, or the other, right? Yes, I thank you. Again, I don't don't shoot my AR-15. I have it really is for my husband, but I do shoot other firearms and the firearm I carry is very tiny. Oh, because look. as you pointed out, I'm tiny and I joke and say, I need to get a boob job to be able to conceal my weapon properly. <laughs> and demonetized. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> We've already demonetized, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I thought as long as I stay away from the V word, we're good. No, no, uh, we've already been demonetized, so whatever. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that. No, no, that's not because of you. That, it happens. That, it, that just happens sometimes, so whatever. Um, yeah, so that is an interesting ad, and it has kicked up a bunch of controversy everywhere. Uh, in fact, if you watched yesterday's hearings, they were talking about ads with children and and how that should oh, be illegal what yeah I, I i saw the look in your face that's exactly what m the look on my face was yesterday when they brought that up so they, and, they keep and, postulating that and, gun manufacturers are advertising to children i'm like what the hell are you talking about it's like yeah that's a baby though right <laughs> well i don't think there's anything in that in my ad that's advertising to children. 
No, no, no. They consider like was, they, I, they they also I, said gun safety, teaching kids gun safety is is yeah, advertising. Say, at the same time, there's plenty. I mean, I've taught my child uh, shoots a, shoots a firearm, knows how to, knows gun safety, knows how to shoot a firearm, um, and is prepubescent. And I know plenty of people that were shooting at the age, the tender age of five years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yep. and then went off to go serve our country as adults. So, I mean, these are people that know how to use firearms that were, were trained properly from the time they were young. So, so what, so there's gotta be a, an, an appropriate way to, not that you're advertising the children, but children do use firearms. So um, sure. to just say that, you know, just put it like a blanket, we sh kids and firearms should be completely se separate. It's, I think it's really the opposite if we're talking about gun safety. I mean, it's, Yep. You know, we want to educate our children so that if they like, I feel very comfortable that if my child comes across a firearm in some scenario, you know, I, I feel really comfortable that he knows what to do in that situation because we haven't mm -hmm. just kept it from him and made it the scary thing that, that you don't talk about. We've instilled knowledge and right. respect of the firearm. So that the premise for, for not wanting to advertise to children or, or demonizing that is just wrong to begin with. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally I, agree. I when totally I agree. when I got my first gun, I, I showed my daughter. You know, I brought it home. She was five years old. I sh one don't ever touch a firearm. If you see a firearm wherever you go, you know, don't touch it. Make sure nobody else touches it and find an adult. And I told her, you know, hey, basics of firearm safety. You always treat a gun as though it's loaded. Um, you know, don't ever point it at anybody that or anything you're not willing to destroy. Always know your target and what's behind it. And you know, she was well aware of that when she was five years old. Yeah, um, I definitely see. I definitely see how that is, and I've done the same thing with my kids. I think yesterday when they were talking about that, that they were trying to just demonize the gun companies. Yeah, you nobody's know, advertising to kids. Properly advertising firearms to children. It is every mainstream violent movie and video game. That is who should be held accountable for not properly um, advertising weapons to children. I mean, that that is really there's more of a case to be made there that that this this stuff is getting before kids in a way that's not healthy or good. But your average gun manufacturer, unless there's an ad I haven't seen, I mean, they want to sell guns. <laughs> so I highly doubt that anyone is intentionally, you know, misadvertising to children. Instead, they should be or would be promoting uh, gun safety because that's a bad look, right? So I think the real bad look is the culture we've endorsed with, with gun violence, which is different than, um, you know, being the hero and the protector. So, and, and also um, I want to, I, I do want to address the other side of the argument a little bit because this is a conversation that has obviously been been hijacked and we only get to have a one-way street conversation in mainstream media which is you know guns are bad and we want to make laws that infringe on law-abiding citizens and that's how we're going to stop um mass mass shooters and mass shooting events uh, and the reality is that we do have a gun gun death gun violence issue in america um, but it's not, the problem is not with our second amendment and it's not with our law abiding citizens. We very much have a mental health issue, yeah. um, in this country. And I, I have been sharing these stats, stats, uh, pretty frequently, but I'd like to share them again for those that may, may not sure. be aware. Um, but the rough stats are for every 10 gun deaths, six of them are suicides of those remaining four, the majority are black on black crime, which is often gang related. And then we have another staggering stat of about 70 women 
a month are assaulted in some way with a firearm by an intimate partner, which is a domestic violence issue. And yet we are not allowed to have the conversation around mental health and what that looks like, because you can legislate all day long and you're not addressing this mental health issue. Why do so many people want to kill themselves in America? Why is that happening? You can take guns, guns away and, and people still don't want to live in this country. So, um, you know, not that we're going to not that I have a panacea for that or we're going to solve that problem today. But I just want to draw attention to there is a real conversations to be ha to be had, but we're just not able to have it because I believe there is an agenda to disarm the American people like we've seen historically and across the world. Yeah, I I think uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't think we have a gun violence problem. I think we have a violence problem. Yes. And a mental health problem. Now, Joe Rogan. More uh, interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got a question here. One car fast is asking if Melissa carries a SIG. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to share what you carry. Um, well, it's just a little tiny Ruger. It's like the size of my... Like the uh, LP, uh, so like, like a, the LCP two, or I'm not sure. I have to go grab it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, the the stat, um, there's more homicides in England, and there's more suicides in England, and they don't have firearms. They beat you to death. They bludgeon you to death. Or throw and acid I, in I'll your face. I'll take a bullet. Yeah, I think they have. Do they? They have knives there as well. I've heard. Yeah. And, and they're looking for knife control. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's just, it's illogical, but for some reason, we're not allowed to have a, a conversation <laughs> around based yeah. on it, um, around well, the gun issue. Well, but, yeah. but Joe Rogan, if, if you took 60% of the gun violence away by curing the mental health issue, then what are they going to have to cry about? You know, if the, this is what they're saying. They're like, look at all of these gun deaths and gun violence, as they say. Right. And if 60% disappear because you cure, cure the problem, then then they have much less of a, a campaign. Uh, Joe Rogan always says that we have a mental health issue uh, disguised as a gun issue. Mm -hmm. Yes, 100%. 100%. And I mean, just and misinformation as well, which is why I like to, to share the stats and people can go fact check that. Oh, sure. Um, but so I that um, that ad garnered me a little bit of media attention, which has been very hard for my campaign to get. Nobody seems to want to report that I'm running, but that that ad did help a little bit. I knew I would be contacted um, and and the light would be shed in like a biased way, but that was a, okay. I, I, as long as we get the message out, it didn't matter to me. However, um, I think it was WPTV Channel 5, local news. Mm -hmm. They did a little piece and the actual six o'clock news it was like a you know a quick little piece but it was completely slanted and they had a, a mother on there with a baby <laughs> uh saying how the the weapon that i have in my ad is what the majority or is what all mass shootings are committed with patently false information just not true and it's actually um not even close to the majority of of gun violence is with handguns so we we also just have extreme like misinformation just put out there on mass and and people believe it if they don't take the time to fact check so so yes we have a we have a mental health crisis we also have a crisis in our media in our world where people are just really at this point being willfully brainwashed there's an extreme amount of mm -hmm. plus oh, intentional yeah. brainwashing yeah uh, exactly 
exactly. So, but they did put the full interview out. So I have to say they put it on their YouTube. So if anybody wants to see that, it's like 13 minutes long. But they they did that was actually quite credible. Of even though they they slant like they chopped it up for the, the six o'clock news, they did put on their YouTube channel the full interview, which was uh, really yeah. I was, I was surprised they actually put the whole interview out. So that was good. The the reporter was was quitting. <laughs> he was on his way out. So honestly, I think that was like divine God like intervention that. He ended up putting the whole thing out there for people to see. So, oh, wow. other yeah. than uh, guns, what is some of your other issues in your in your campaign? Yes. Okay. So, well, I'll give you just the my brief uh, platform, and then I'll, I'll go into a little bit of detail of what I would like to accomplish when I get in. So, um, my platform is a return to the protection of our constitutional rights. So that is actually the role of government is to protect our individual liberties, uh, not for handouts and social welfare programs or to make us feel good, but it is really just to protect our individual liberties. So um, all five of our um, constitutional rights protected under, under the First Amendment have been violated, continue to be violated by our federal government. So I'd like to push back against that. Of course, our Second Amendment as well um, has been infringed upon, continues to be infringed upon. Um, and then second part of my platform is a return to government minimalism. So that means that I support uh, Congressman Massey's bill. He's tried to get this bill passed three times, which is to abolish the US Department of Education. It's an unconstitutional federal body, which in these last two years, I could go into detail, um, they have absolutely overstepped and overreached right here in, in Palm Beach County where I live, but all over the United States. I live in um, Loudoun County, Virginia. Okay. Well, so it would have been, so basically what the U.S. Department of Education did over, over the pandemic was that they created something called the SAFE program where they were with money incentivizing to your school district, my school district to um, push vaccines by creating vaccine centers at the schools push masks, a whole laundry list of things that if, if the school boards would push these things, then our federal government was giving them money. So completely usurping the governor, the people, the parents. Um, and that's why we should have never had a U.S. Department of Education to begin with. It's not, not written in the Constitution. It's not delegated out to them. Education remains with the states, the people, states' rights. So um, as a government minimalist, I would like to get rid of the U.S. Department of Education, repeal the 16th Amendment, which is how we are unconstitutionally taxed. Seventeenth, um, also. Yes, I guess I understand there. I mean, there's a lot to be done. I, but I would say if it would be oh, so amazing, <laughs> it would change all of our lives, right? If we could um, get control of spending and and get us back to the role of what the federal government actually is supposed to be doing. Uh, you want to tell people what the Sixteenth Amendment that amendment is, or do you want me to? Or the it's it, how they tax us on our income federal income tax basically yeah which there's some controversy whether it was actually legally passed or not correct and there's it's not the only amendment um which rich is pointing out pointing out it's not the only amendment that is um claimed to not have been ratified um but i'd say that's that's a biggie i mean that would that would solve so many problems for for all of us if we were able to um you know go back to it to our constitution just in that one respect but um, also abolishing the AETF, which I understand touches on our gun rights, but again, it's an unconstitutional body. They keep a list of all of us law-abiding um, citizens who have lawfully bought firearms, what we bought. So, so somebody else knows better what my gun is. I apologize. So, so you're, you <laughs> so, knows what I have. Maybe call them. It's a, so you're <laughs> more, so you're more of a constitutionalist 
than, 100%. than 100%. just a straight Second Amendment absolutist. So you're an yes. absolute constitutionalist. Yes. And what's crazy to me is that somehow um, that has become what people would call fringe or extreme. But these are our founding documents, our constitution right. with our Bill of Rights, our um, Declaration of Independence. This is what we're founded on. It's the highest law of the land and everything must fall in line with that. So people come so far from that that we think it's normal. Amen. <laughs> um, you know, so so it really should be, I mean, we should all be constitutionalists unless we're going to get together and change the Constitution or move to other countries. So, yes, I want right. to return to uh, what our founding fathers intended uh, because we've gotten so far from it. And it's not serving the American people well. We are on the verge of losing our republic, um, losing our freedoms, losing our liberties, and really looking like every other country and worse in many cases. I mean, it's, it's possible that we could look just as bad or, or worse. I mean, some things have happened in this country that I, I, it's hard for me to digest and believe. I mean, that's that's why I'm running. I look at some things and I go, how is this America? There was that video going around of the ATF knocking on someone's door in Delaware, um, asking them for proof of, of their firearm ownership. I mean, how, right. how is America? Oh. How, is, how could that possibly be what our founders so, intended? John bought 20 pistols from PSA and he's having them delivered to four oh. different FFLs. <laughs> and he, so he's buying five pistols from four different FFLs each yeah. to bait the ATF to come to his house. Yeah, one, he's got cameras everywhere. Yeah. One of, one of the, uh, one of the, one of the places like, Oh, we got your uh, revolvers. And I was like, well, I, I need to wait for my other ones coming in. They're like, yeah, more coming here. I'm like, no, the other FFLs. I'm like, what are you doing? They got kind of suspicious, but they know me. So I told them, they're like, oh, God, okay, just call us when you're ready to pick them up. Well, I, I So don't we may be seeing John in the news. No, I But I, I don't blame you. You know, if you have if you have it in you, if you feel called <laughs> to, to make that stand, you know, we do have to start, start standing up. Again, this is why I'm running. I say we'll either pay on the front end or the back end. I'd rather pay on the front yeah. end and serve the republic for my children and the other American children, you know, than when they do um, – come to our door for other reasons. So I, I don't blame you for doing that. Um, the last part of my platform is uh, to put an end to to child trafficking. So specifically at the border, the federal government does oh. have- um, hey, Rich, I got an emergency. Uh, I'm gonna okay. go on mute for a second. Okay. All right, do you want me to keep, 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 going. keep talking? Yeah. John, John can handle his emergency. Let us know if you need help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, before I ever decided to run, I was working to bring awareness to and to do my part uh, for victims of child sex trafficking. Well, at the border, our federal government is absolutely delegated out to protect that border. Um, and they've done a terrible job, obviously, under this administration. Um, you know, it's just out of control. But what's really out of control that's happening at the border, obviously, we have we do have, of course, weapons coming through. We have of course, criminals coming through and we have fentanyl. Through, fentanyl, but I would say the most egregious is is the, the labor and sex trafficking of women and children and men, um, but specifically children. Uh, and, you know, I've mentioned it before, but we have a congressman who has openly joked about having sex with kids. How can we expect these people to care about these children coming across our right. border in both ways, by the way? Um, and so that is a huge part of what I in intend to work on when I get in, not just shoring up our border, but also I'd like to see much stricter penalty 
for anyone that facilitates child trafficking. Um, our government has had a hand in, in allowing and facilitating child trafficking at our border. And there should be the same penalty for those in government as, as anyone else that, that has a hand in this. I, the, there's so many tragedies happening on our Southern border. It, and it's, there, there's what they call rape trees where the coyotes that are taking women and, and girls across rape the girls and throw their underwear on the tree. There's, you know, like you said, child trafficking. Well, first yet, the, it's the cartels, the drug cartels that are the coyotes bringing all of these people into the country. So while if the Democrats think it's a great thing to have an open border, to have these people in the country, they're funding the cartels yep. who are not good people. I, I mean, why would you, you know, the, I, I'm very libertarian. And if you want to smoke pot or, or snort Coke or whatever, good for you. That's your business for the most part. I don't care what you do. But I think a great reason not to do drugs or not to do these types of things is because people are getting shot and killed over the manufacture, transport, et cetera, over it. Plus, you don't know if they're putting fentanyl in whatever you know illegal drug you're getting. And the people that are doing the transport of drugs aren't good people to start with. So why would you want to put money in these people's hands, which is beyond ridiculous well and if if you're using your brain to look at it you know yes it's beyond it's beyond ridiculous and then you have to ask why because it's so egregious it's so blatant that it is impossible for a thinking person to believe that this is just ignorance or happenstance it seems very intentional i mean it is very intentional our borders have been intentionally um allowed to be open and not only that but our yep. our government our federal government at the behest of our executive branch has paid to plane and bus in these people coming in from the border into, into our country, into many other states, including Florida. And, you know, our governor has tried to push back against that. You know, those are the only two governors I've, I've heard that are actually, are actually is Governor Abbott in Texas and um, Governor DeSantis in Florida that are actually pushing back on the influx of people that are being sent to their states. But, you know, we, the states, I, I, at this point, I mean, it kind of feels like we're on our own. I know, I know uh, Governor Abbott has said that he's, he's starting to build the wall on their, on their dime. Um, but really, I think there needs to be some kind of concerted effort amongst the states if our federal government isn't going to pick up the ball. I mean, if I get in, that's what I'll be trying to do is to ally with other uh, like-minded congressmen to, to secure our border. But until that happens, we have an absolute emergency. I mean, not, it's not just like you say, you know, all these terrible things happening at the border. It's, it's affecting the lives of American people. I mean, we're looking at inflation that, that comes from the overspending. It's not just overspending on Ukraine. I mean, there's also money. I mean, there was formula sent to the, <laughs> to the border. You know, I mean, like we're sending oh, money and supplies to, to everyone, but Americans it's, it's insane. And, and people should be outraged. They should be outraged to um, to the point of doing something about it. I mean, we, the people really need to stand up and take our country back because it's, it's mayhem at the moment. It couldn't be any clearer for a thinking person that it's absolute mayhem. So we got a question for you. If elected, would you vote to look into Hunter Biden's laptop? Yes. Um, I would very much call for that. As a matter of fact, 
um, it's my understanding from some other sources that, I mean, I know we know this now, I think a little more publicly, but the DOJ absolutely had access to that laptop and chose not, not to, uh, mm -hmm. press, not to move forward. And so did the FBI. And, um, I, I knew that for a while. Um, and I was just beside myself. I mean, again, when I say all, all my heroes have fallen in every branch of government, every body of government is just, it's tainted. It's corrupted. Not to say there aren't good people. Of course, you know, there's a mix often of good people and bad people. Um, but it, it is disgusting. Every single person that, that that laptop touched at the DOJ, at the FBI, these people should be jailed. I mean, we're, uh -huh. if, if uh -huh. the allegations are true, that, that first of all, traitor to our country was trading the, the American people. Um, plus, if, if there really is um, pedophilia, evidence of pedophilia right. on, on this laptop, I mean, every single person that did not act in the name of justice on behalf of these children because they were told not to, told not to by the executive branch of the White House, they, they should be uh, penalized greatly, right whether now. that's you know jail or, or um, execution because so it's so egregious. It is absolutely so egregious. So yes, yeah, I would vote for that, but I would be piloting like, that movement. I would be petitioning for that because as, I, as a actually, person, as an American, I've been so disgusted from the very beginning, you know, knowing that for so long. It just, I've had things happen where, you know, um, locally things I've seen where I thought, you know, and I did my due diligence. Okay. You reported to the FBI. I'm having to do with children, but at the same time, I'm like, why, why, why would I feel comfortable reporting to the FBI when these people are in on it, whether that's just by turning a blind eye or God help us, you know, some of them may actually be in on it. We know from the reporting project Veritas, they had a whistleblower at the border that, that exposed that we have our government has a hand in child trafficking. So um, yes, 100%, whatever I can do when I get in. And even if I don't get in, I'll be doing whatever I can do to, to try to help expose that. So we got a follow-up question on that. Do you, do you firmly believe there can ever be true accountability? Because I feel we're past the point of no return with those leading the country honestly. Yes, I think we're at the precipice. I think if we don't get a hold of it now, which I think has a lot to do with our 2022 elections, um, then I don't know if we can ever get the country back. I think we're, we're at that moment. We're at that pinnacle where the people need to stand up and take the country back. And the way that we make sure the accountability for me comes from complete exposure of every, every single person that's broken their oath to the constitution and then extreme penalty. I mean, you know, we have obviously... Uh, we had the Nuremberg trials during the Holocaust and mm -hmm. from the Nuremberg Code, which has been violated. It's sad that it that it really hasn't been that long. And yet, I guess our world right. leaders forgot that, you know, you, you can lose your life for, um, you know, betraying the people and for crimes against humanity. So for following uh, orders. Yeah. Yeah, I was just following orders. Um, so. Can, can there be accountability? There absolutely. I think we can get accountability. We can get our country back. But I think we have a short window and time frame to do it. And we, the people, need to stand up and demand the accountability. And part of that accountability, I think, it needs to be some real severe penalty for for anyone that has broken their oath over these last going on three years. I agree. You, you know, it's it's kind of like get tough on fill in the blank that politicians and prosecutors or whatever always talk about that. I, I think we need to get tough on, on this kind of thing, but accountability is just squared away. 
Uh, John, no audio. Good. You're on mute. I wanted to make sure I was on mute. I was talking about some <laughs> super secret stuff. Okay. All right. So we have uh, a question on election integrity. Have you seen 2,000 mules? Yes, I have seen 2,000 mules, but I say I, I didn't need to see that or the other mounds of evidence that I've seen <laughs> uh, to know there was election fraud. All I had to do was go to bed and we had a winner and then something happened in the middle of the night and we woke up and the election wasn't what it should have been. So yes, I, yep. to me, it's very clear our elections were stolen. Um, I was not worried about running with the election integrity issue a year and a half ago because I thought there's plenty of time, this will come out, this will be rectified. Uh, that is not what has happened. And so what I've been doing, I've done, I've done a few different things just as a candidate to try to do my due diligence in, in the the district that I'm running in, there are three different counties. So I've been to the supervisor of elections of each of those counties. I've tried to, to do what I can to um, hold them accountable to ask the questions I needed to ask. One thing that changed this year uh, in Florida, in the state of Florida, we have a state statute that allows candidates to designate volunteers to review mail-in ballots. Which uh, should be, that should have been there to begin with. Yeah, but it's a, it's a little, I mean, so my feeling is, I don't know that it's actually uh, doing anything from my experience now. I just had my my first half hour today where I went in and got to, you know, review signatures. Um, what I will say is I think it's important that we go. I think it's important that we poll watch. I think it's important that every single person volunteer on someone's campaign so that you can review ballots. So you can do that right now, whether it's my campaign or someone else's, you just reach out to the candidate, tell them that, you know, you want to volunteer and you can sign up and do that. Um, I think it's important that we do it. But the questions that I've asked, um, specifically at the Palm Beach County Supervisor of Elections Office, I haven't liked the answers to a lot of the questions that I've asked. So, you know, I, to me, it's, it's a little bit of like a dog and pony show where they just like, they have you come in, they say, here, you can pick from these ballots and we're going to scan them. And you look at the signatures and you say, you know, you want to challenge it or not challenge it. To me, it's it's not um, not the panacea, not not the cure all that we need, but it's something. So I just want to give that to people like that's something that we can do. I know that some people are organizing um, to be able to watch our mail in uh, boxes, the the mail that the actual mm. boxes. So that's something that people can do too. Because remember, in the two thousand mules, they didn't have all the footage. The, and this yes. is a, yeah, like Wisconsin, there was no footage. Just, oh, we just don't have it. Now they're they're by law required to have it, but nothing happens. I mean, to me, that's where right. people need to start going to jail. What do you mean you don't have the footage? <laughs> like, well, I'm sorry. If I did my job like that, I'd be fired. And you're working for the American people. Like, you that should be jail time. What do you mean you don't have footage? So some people are taking it into their own hands that they're going to be, uh, you know, either filming themselves or just sitting in a car and watching so that they can film if something happens, they can pick their phone up or their camera up. So, you know, we have to start, we, we are, we are the uh, fourth branch of government. We, the people, we need to start holding like that accountability that you're talking about. We have to do it, especially when it comes to the election integrity, because if we don't have election integrity, literally none of it matters you know it doesn't matter that we get good candidates in that we work hard to get these candidates in if it can just be stolen right. in the blink of an eye well okay well there was a guy named nick freitas who ran against a, a lady named abigail spanberger and i read the story and it's like oh nick freitas was up then they found a flash drive with more votes on it that pit spanberger over the top and they just reported that as, hey, look, this is what happened. 
So I decided I was going to look into it a little bit more than what the, the media was looking at. And I have the story. It's over at MLN.com. If you search John Crump USB flash drive, you'll find it. And I actually talked to the guy that found the flash drive. And I was like, why? Do, like, it was mismarked because we were reusing it. It's like, why were you reusing a flash drive to save money? I'm like, a flash drive is like pennies on the dollar, right? Five um, bucks, ten bucks. So I started looking into him. And it turns out that his wife worked on the Spamburger campaign. So the guy that found the flash drive with the votes that put Spamburger over the top after they declared him the winner was actually a paid staffer on the Spamburger campaign. Hmm. So how does that happen? Hmm. And did that stand? Yeah, it's the, uh, the, at the time, the Virginia Board of Elections were Democrat-controlled, and they decided not to look into it. I, it. It's amazing to me because it seems like there is absolutely no penalty for cheating at the ballot box. Oh, cheating never happens unless it's 2016. Yeah, but the reason we don't have penalty is because there's there's no check there. So in other words, if... Yeah. We have a, if we have a, um, a corrupt supervisor of elections office, well, then our sheriff should come in, right? And and he would hold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But our sheriffs aren't doing that because they're not they're not oath keepers either. Or we'd be able to right. sue, sue them, and then the judge would hold them accountable. But our judges aren't doing that because they're not oath keepers either. You know, so it, that's the problem is that we've come to this place where we didn't realize. I certainly didn't realize we had been so infiltrated that there's more of us. There's more we the people than there are of these corrupt government officials, right. either or corrupt. Um, but there's no check anywhere in any of the systems. So we have to now take the onus and, and walk on our own sovereignty that's talked about in our constitution. We are sovereign um, and use that power to, to push back. Um, supervisor of elections is a, it's uh, at least in Palm Beach County, we elect, we elect the, the head of the supervisor of elections. So we've got to start like long game. We've got to start looking like, okay, even if this election is, is corrupted. We need so the to- Palm Beach County supervisor is no gem now. The one that she replaced was worse. And Correct. DeSantis put this lady in who yeah. then changed to become a Democrat. Yeah, she, well, she was appointed, um, but because of how, how things happen, but she, she will be up for um, election. Like we, we elect, we'll be electing in whoever the next head of supervisor of elections is. So if we don't like who's in there and we don't like the answers we're getting from that person, we need to find somebody that's a real patriot that we can get behind to put in. So that's like the long game. I say the even longer uh-huh. game is we need to have a lot of children uh, <laughs> and, and start populating the earth with patriots. But <laughs> okay. Right. I, I, I want to bring up, you're talking about checks and balances and how like the sheriff should come in and the courts, you know what the checks and balances we might need. And I probably going to get a lot of flack and someone's going to cut this out and give it to the left-wing media people that want to tear me down. But, uh, we need checks and balances like in the battle of Athens, Tennessee, where Patriots stood up and fought back with firearms against a tyrannical local government and actually won right after World War II, Battle of Athens. I'm going to do a uh, short documentary on it. Well, that sounds interesting. Uh, you I think have, the, have you heard the, Battle of Athens, Tennessee? Yep. 
where the the share the all the local politicians were uh, fixing the elections. They would take the ballot box into the jailhouse, and then they would come back out, and their candidates would always win until like the people, the towns got town got tired of it, and they surrounded the jail with firearms. And uh, there was a gun battle, and they finally got the ballot boxes back out, and the guys that were always in control were no longer in control. In fact, the sheriff called uh, the governor of Tennessee and asked for the National Guard, and the and the sheriff and then governor already got word that there's hundreds of patriots with firearms surrounding the jailhouse, and he said, "You're on your own." Well, so that was lucky for them, because what I would say is, uh, yes, our Second Amendment is to overthrow Rogan's tyrannical government. Um, We're supposed to have well-regulated militia. I think if we'd actually had well-regulated militia, those lockdowns and mandates, they wouldn't have stood over the last two years. So I think we're a little behind the eight ball. Like that's that is uh, not an inappropriate use of our Second Amendment. But we we at least where I am. um, Well, I, I am aware of some militia where I am, but we did not have at the time um, that this was all going down with extreme government overreach. We did not have well-regulated militia well, or this would have never, ever, ever happened. Well, so I think that that's to me, that's the first step is we need to get get back to like, why don't we have organized and well-regulated militia in our state? I think I think like you're saying, these these officials would be would think twice if they knew that they might be up against a well-regulated militia, if they were going to act tyrannically. And we, I, at least where I am, I just don't see that um, at the moment, but I think I am aware mm-hmm. that some people are mobilizing in that direction well, and they should be. That's our second amendment, right? Well, this mobilization came out of nowhere. This was like, they said, Hey, go get your guns and meet up the, the, the armory, which was the basically the national guard armory. And then they broke into the national guard armory and took all their weapons. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? That, but that's why they were were fortunate as well. Like what you said, I guess, and I'm not familiar with the story, but they made a made um, the government made a call, and they were asking for the UN uh, backup. You know that that is a real uh, threat. So as it stands now, even if we have our well well regulated militia, um, we don't have the same weaponry as our government, and our government has wrongly partnered with people like the UN um, that they believe that they can just come in and invade the American people. So it's a real consideration, you know, in exercising our Second Amendment right. Um, at the moment, we, we do not have the same weaponry as our government, which, if anything, I mean, instead of petitioning for to take away our AR-15s, our congressmen should be going, how do we petition for M-16s with regulation in the well-regulated militia? How do we make this a more fair match so that if the people need to rise up against Rogan's tyrannical government, it's a fair match? What does that look like? Well, uh, if you look at if you look at what the Congress said yesterday, Boothy, who was the who used to work for Kimber, who's now like at work for Giffords, said that the semi-automatic AR-15 is more dangerous uh, and, and more deadly than than the M4. <laughs> Or the M sixteen. It's ignorance. I'm not an I'm not an expert, clearly. Anyway, he uh, is. So I think he was just he, <laughs> he was just toting the line. No, he is actually an expert on firearms. But really? yeah, he's just spitting BS. 
So I was like, then why, then why don't you uh, you take our AR-15s and give us your M4s and your M16s? I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you. I'll drive out to whatever military base you want to do the trade. Well, that that's like uh, the current the incumbent who was speaking about an, the AR-15 like it was so much more dangerous, but yet served our country as a veteran. So had firearm experience. And anybody that knows anything about firearms, and again, I'm not an expert understands that the AR is shooting in the same fashion as your handgun. So it's it's not more dangerous. Right. And when you look at the stats, it's it's actually not being used as much to kill people. So it's Correct. just extreme ignorance. And then it's also like you're saying, the propaganda where this person really knows the truth about the AR-15. And then they will, the misnomer of calling it an assault rifle, that's all done on, on purpose by somebody that served in the military. You can't tell me that you don't know what AR actually stands for, you know? So um, yeah, it's all it's all on purpose to catch the ignorant, to to brainwash us, to keep us fighting with each other. But so many of us are are not having it, you know. That's it gives me hope and encouragement. So I'm very uh, grateful to be on your show with like minded people because I, you know, we want we want that group to grow. <laughs> we right. we don't we want to spread like the truth, you know. Um, so yeah, very that's very disturbing that that's coming. Not surprising, but very disturbing that that's coming from representatives. Yeah. yeah um... Just to let you know, Rich has pulled up a question. So go ahead, Rich, and yeah. Ask so, a I guess one last question before we end the show. Uh, the question is: Should the American people own machine guns without paying exorbitant prices and a tax? So the tax absolutely should not come from the federal government. So I'm running on federal ticket, so I can only speak. I want to represent the people at the federal level, so I can only speak from that vein. So I don't think there should be any law in any way to, to prohibit uh, Second Amendment rights. So whatever firearm you're gonna own or how much that's gonna cost or any taxing should not come from the federal government. So if people um, decide at their state level that they want regulation around owning a machine gun, then that would need to come from the state. But from the, from the federal level, that's what I'm saying. If anything, our, our representatives at the federal level should be advocating for the people in their well-regulated militia um, to have the same weaponry as the government. Yeah. And if and if we don't like that, then we need to take the that those machine guns away from our own government. You're, you're not so, you're not right. saying that the states should ban machine guns. You're saying you're only speaking on the federal issues. Right, right. And I just want to make sure so that's clear that people don't get anything mixed up. Right. So but in other words, if if the people of a state, if you have the majority of the people of the state that that want some type of regulation. I mean, states' rights, everything that's not not um, delegated out to the federal government is reserved to the states. I don't want those regulations. I wouldn't be advocating for those regulations. Um, but I just want to be clear, like, you know, because if a state if a state wants background checks, if enough people in that state, that's what they come up with, that's what they want, they can petition their, their legislature for that, you know, and right. also depending on what their state constitution says. I would have to disagree with you strongly okay. disagree with you okay. I, i'm uh, not a fan of any of those regulations no I, no I, I would I, I would have to strongly disagree with you because it's the bill of rights and uh the you got to remember the bill of rights is not only federal the bill of rights highlights what your human rights are you know the bill of rights the first uh, ten, uh you know 10 amendments is like you know from god it's just acknowledging that the that the government cannot that, that it's not giving you those rights. It's saying 
the government is not going to infringe on these rights, but these are your rights given your inalienable rights, which means no one can take them away. And that would include the the state government because they're inalienable. If they come from God, your creator, so no one can take that away. The Bill of Rights is a negative uh, document of liberty, which means it's taken away. It's basically warning the federal telling government, the government hands off you cannot do this so don't try so uh and also you got to remember it says you know uh any rights not delegated to the federal government or the people will go to the states and the bill of rights is rights it, it's highlighting rights of the people so therefore yeah. uh and and historically if you look if you look at if you look at like the Federalist Papers, for example, uh, and also the writings of Madison and Adams, they they talk about that the Bill of Rights is the the rights reserved for the people, and so I'm not talking about like the eleventh through whatever. I'm talking about the like the first ten, the Bill of Rights. It's reserved for the people, so even the states cannot infringe on those rights. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So let me actually read the, I'm going to read the 10th Amendment. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Or to the people. The, right. Or, it's not and the people, it's or to the people. Okay, so, so that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So at the, at the state level, I, I mean, I, I was up at Tallahassee for my state as a person uh, petitioning for constitutional carry. So that's how I feel. That's yeah. what I'm petitioning for as the people, as a person. Um, but what I'm saying is, obviously, well-regulated militia, if the, the people or the state want that regulate part of the regulation to be that, you know, th but, this is this is the group of men. Okay, Let's say they okay. want only men to be in the okay. militia. They Can I stop you there one yeah. more time? Uh, you got to look at regulated in the context of history. You're looking at it through the lens of what regulated means now. Regulated back then, the word regulated was had nothing to do with regulations back then. If you look at the historical meaning of regulated back from 1787, regulated means like uh, like well trained, well equipped, like like. You're, you're ready. It yeah. doesn't, it doesn't mean okay. regulation at all. Right. So, well, but that, so well, well equipped, what does well equipped mean? Maybe the people want to define what well equipped means. So what kind of training? So you have to go through. No, it, 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 no it doesn't, it doesn't mean tra training. A well-regulated militia means well equipped. It has nothing to do with mandatory anything. It's like. I didn't say mandatory. What I'm saying is, is that whatever's not been outlined clearly right? The people have leeway to, to have things look like what they want them to look like without infringing on the other rights, which is why red flag laws, whether the people want them or the state wants them, those violate the constitution as well. So nobody gets to have red flag laws and call them constitutional. What I'm saying is there, there could be a regulation. There could be something that the people call for that, that is around firearms that is beyond the Second Amendment. The, I'm not saying there, I know what that is or that I'm advocating. The, there's for not. It. There's not. If you read the Federalist Papers, that that's if you look at the historical context, the the the, the actual. Let's go to Bruin. The actual test in 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 the historical context of the Second Amendment, 
You that means you got to go to the Federalist Papers. You have to go to the Anti-Federalist Papers. You have to go to the writings of Madison, who actually wrote the amendment. You have to go to like all those writings. It's it's not in there. I mean, if you read that, they specifically say that that no government, state or federal, can regulate your right to bear arms. I mean, and the Federalist Papers and Anti-Federalist Papers are extremely clear about that. So there, there's no, I mean, historically, through, you know, courts have tried to do it and states have done it. But if you look, if you actually take the writings and you're a constitutionalist, right? So you believe in what the actual you, text you, says. It has their own constitution as well. So that's what I'm saying. Is no, that no, but, but that's the federal constitution is the supreme law of the land. I agree. And I agree, the federal constitution every- and the federal constitution um, actually says that it, this is an inalienable right um, that the federal government can't do this, but it also reserves the right to the people. That's what the or is. It's not and it's or the states or the people and the, yes, and, and the first and the first nine amendments, are powers to the people and not the states. Because okay. if if what you're saying is right, if what you're saying is right, then that means that states can pass hate speech laws, that states can ban uh, can can ban different things in papers. The states can ban Bibles. The states can say, hey, we are banning all we're we're banning all Muslims. We don't want Muslims in the state. We're banned. The, and now, now take, and, and Thomas said the Second Amendment is not a second-class right. So therefore, if states are not allowed to ban Muslims living in their states, or not allowed to ban Jewish people in their states, or not allowed to ban Bibles or the press or TV or whatever, they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to ban free assembly then they're not allowed to ban fire. My point is that there could be laws that are passed by the state and ultimately the people that do not violate the well-regulated or well-equipped militia. Like that what? Have to do. I, well, for example, if you have, um, you know, if you've been convicted of, of violent felonies and then, and then people aren't allowed to have firearms anymore, that might be something that the people want that doesn't necessarily have to violate the state or the people being able to keep a well-equipped militia. I think it so, does. Okay. Well, we can agree to disagree. Uh, but I, I just want to be clear that like at the federal level, um, th- there should be absolutely nothing coming down to infringe. And then I'm not saying that states or the people have a right to infringe on that well-equipped militia. But if the people are calling for some type of measure, it's possible there could be a measure that doesn't violate the, you know, Fourth Amendment, First Amendment, Second Amendment, and that the, the people do have and the states do have that sovereignty to explore some of that. I am obviously as a person, I am heavy on um, less regulation and heavy on constitutional carry. That's what I've you know been up at Tallahassee petitioning for. Um, but I just think that there there could be room for the people decide if you've you know murdered somebody, you don't get to have a firearm anymore. I think there is room for the people to decide that. Yeah, I, I I can't get behind that. Um, sorry, okay. Melissa. 
I, I just, just be happy I, I'm not running as a state rep, but you would be hard pressed <laughs> to find. Um, yeah, I think maybe Anthony Sabatini may be the only state rep I know in Florida that's really uh, pushing for things like constitutional carry. So um, I would say we need more people like him in our state. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the last time we had Jan, one of the questions was about red flag laws in the state of Florida, and now we have federal red flag laws. So we have a bit of a federal funding for red flag laws. Period. Red flag laws are unconstitutional, period, because, you know, due process. And I mean, it, it hits on more than just our, our Second Amendment. So, um, all right. I think we're going to have to uh, ditch out of here because we're already over. We're like we're already eight minutes over. <laughs> it was good, though. I think it was a very good conversation to have. I'm glad we had it. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, uh, Melissa, how can people support you? Uh, well, we are a grassroots campaign. I'm not taking any pack money, dark money, big money. So um, if people want to help us by getting the word out, just sharing social media, or if they want to help with marketing materials, they can pay for the marketing materials directly. They don't even have to donate uh, money to the campaign. Um, that's considered an in-kind donation. And all of my information is on my website, melissamartz.com. I'm very easy to get in touch with. If anyone wants to vet me or ask me a question, hopefully you can tell that I'm not just going to talk to make people feel good, but I'm going to tell you how I really feel. Um, and yeah, melissamarts.com. We've got less than a month to election day. And I won't be voting to take away our AR-15s. <laughs> all right. All right. That, that, that works for me. All right, guys. That is it for today. My name is John Crump. And you can support me by going to johncrump.locals.com. I'm going to relaunch my Patreon because I keep on getting Patreons and I don't know how to shut it down. So I <laughs> might, well, might as well just copy everything over from Patreon and post it to, I mean, from Locals and post over the Patreon as well. You can support. Oh, by the way, we got a John Trump news too. You can support Rich by going to flyingrich.locals.com. And uh, with that, you can also follow him on my MySpace and on Instagram at flyingrich underscore official and check out his YouTube page at flyingrich. We will be back next week on Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday. I am thinking about doing something special. Uh, and doing a ask me anything on my live channel and my and my uh, news channel, but I haven't decided yet. We'll decide. We'll see. Uh, talk to you about it, Rich. And with that, okay. we are out of here. I love you guys very much, and uh, I'm going to hit the uh, end button now. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>